We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been been there, done that. Welcome to episode 12, our last episode of 2022. Yeah, today we are going to do a special episode. It's a Q&A for all those questions that you sent in. Yay, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, so let's get started. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Hi, Maria. Hey, Nicole. How's it going today? I'm so excited. It's our last episode of the year. It is. And we've been busy. Are you feeling crazy? I'm feeling really crazy. (laughs) We've been doing a lot. We saw the show six this week. Oh, my gosh. You know what's funny? I know I feel silly, but I didn't actually know what it was about. I signed Uh (laughs) up for this field trip. And we got there and realized it was about Henry VIII and his yeah. six wives. I didn't know that when I showed up. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I, I did know what it was about uh, just because I am a huge uh, Anglophile. I love British history, monarchy kind of stuff. I've read all of Philippa Gregory's Bolin books and stuff. So I was super excited for that. I had no idea that it was going to be such an awesome, like, girl power, rocking pop show, though. I didn't either. And I love the story of Henry's six wives. And they came out there and it was almost like a rock concert. Oh, it was. It was. It wasn't like a typical Broadway show. No. And they were gorgeous. And the costumes were awesome. I was riveted. Absolutely. They were gorgeous. So they brought us back. So it was a special for our performing arts theater kids. They took us backstage afterward yeah. with the cast and these beautiful women came out and they were so young they were so young I was not I was not <laughs> expecting that for her kids age I was like wow just kids they were yeah, oh, they, they looked, were yeah. they were gorgeous and sweet and very they, articulate and, yeah, yeah yeah they answered some great questions from the students some of the really young kids asked questions and they were so patient and kind yeah. and really took their questions into consideration when they answered. So I love that. It was a great, great show. So go see it. Go see Six. It's really awesome. Yeah. And so today we are on the cusp of the new year. We are. 2022, we started a podcast. Yeah, we did. We did. And now we're yeah. wrapping up the year. Yeah, that's I pretty love exciting. It. It's been a really exciting year. And you have your annual New Year's Eve soup party and game night. I do. It's been fun. We've been doing that for several years. It's mostly homeschool families that we kind of started it with, though. It's like branched out through the years to a lot of my other friends, too. But yeah, we uh, and I totally copied it. Of course, like I do with everything. I copied it off of another friend who had done a soup potluck, which I thought was interesting. Right. And and board games for and we used to do it during the day. Like we used to do it. It was like a four o'clock party (laughs) when the kids were little. But now it's later. I do do a toast like early on in the evening. But we tend to uh, (laughs) stay awake (laughs) well past midnight now. Well, my kids are always with their dad every New Year's Eve. We kind of work that out in our arrangement early on whenever I got divorced. And so every year I plan a big party at my house yeah. with my friends. So I, I, I come it. over to your soup party and I... You do, you make an appearance. Yeah, I drink one <laughs> glass of wine and then I head home to host a huge blowout. <laughs> yep. But that one is sans kids. 
So let's get started. We put out a request for questions for a Q&A episode, and guess what? We actually got some. Can you believe it? <laughs> I really thought we were going to have to make some up. <laughs> well, we appreciate all of you listening. Please keep sending things you'd like to hear us talking more about on future episodes. So our first question is from Amy, who's a homeschool mom of one preschooler. She has a husband and in-laws who speak a different language, and she wants to know when or how to start teaching another language in your homeschool. So how do you introduce a foreign language? Studies show that the earlier children are exposed to a foreign language, the more likely they are to become fluent as opposed to when they begin to learn another language in their teens or as young adults. And some reasons for this are that they are in a stage when they have a more natural acquisition to language in general. Mm -hmm. And they generally have more space in their brain for new ideas. Yeah. So kids are already learning speech and grammar just as they are learning to speak. And that's often the hardest part of beginning to learn another language. Yeah. So here are seven ways to introduce a foreign language in your home, whether you have other native speakers or you're doing something totally, totally new. The first one would be to learn together. So much like with math and science, we've talked about you do not have to be an expert uh, to teach your own kids something. Um, So many curricula or uh, programs are totally scripted, so you can just learn right alongside them. We personally opted to start with French when my kids were little because it's what I took in high school and college. And we found a cute little multi-age language class that was in person and we all took it together. It was a lot of fun. Right, yeah. Playing a game in another language is a great way to use some of the words and phrases that you've been learning. A game has a certain flow and maybe you already know the rules. So it's gonna help solidify learning in another fun way. Oh, one way that my son learned a lot of Spanish was watching cartoons and shows in another language. Yeah, that's a great way. Those Spanish soap operas are so fun. Yeah, (laughs) your stories. Yeah, so nowadays with so many streaming options and just with the settings on your TV, you can even watch shows in another language or switch your TV to subtitled versions. Yeah. Again, something kids already know, like a usual plot line, is going to help reinforce those words that they are learning without them even realizing it. Yeah. You can also sing songs. Uh, the little class we took was full of songs and rhyming games, and it's, it's such a fun way to learn. Funny story. So I took many years of Saturday German school. I don't really know why, but like my mom's best friend was German. And so we went to this. But I always joke that like the only things I really remember now is how to say uh, what time is it and my chicken is dead, (laughs) which are very useful terms, as you can imagine. But so I was telling that to a friend of mine who's actually German and she was like, wait a second, my chicken is dead. Tell me, tell me how you say that. And I did. And she's like, that is from a song. Like, you guys sang this song, and it's, you know, my chicken is dead, cock-a-doodle-doo. But anyway, I I thought it was weird that we would have learned that in class, but she straightened it up for me. (laughs) I love that. That's so funny. Well, another way is just to read books. Depending on what language you're opting to learn, your library is going to have a bilingual kids section with books printed in other languages, and that's a good place to start. And you can also look at publishers or booksellers. Yeah. You can also learn online. There's tons of resources for online foreign language learning. Um, There's apps, video programs. Uh, Two that we see a lot or have used in the past are uh, Duolingo. 
that one's fun. It's got a lot of language options. We tried to learn Turkish for some of our friends who were coming to visit. Another popular one is Rosetta Stone. It's been around for a long time. I think a lot of it's kind of one of the gold standard language uh, programs out there. Mango is also one that libraries often partner with and offer free online with your library account. So yeah, we did Mango free for a while. And that was a lot of fun for Cameron. But he grew bored of that and ended up going with Duolingo because it's kind of a little more fun game based. Oh, good to know. But check your local library. There's all kinds of options. Right. You can also casually insert words into your daily talking, like swapping out things that you might typically say time for dinner or wash your hands. One thing that I did is I would put labels on things all around the house. So whenever the kids went to those areas, they would say those words and see them and that would help them to learn Spanish. And another thing is my parents are from Cuba and they obviously their first language is Spanish. So my kids would call them and my mom... (laughs) My mom's so patient with them, and they would talk to her. That's sweet. I love that. I had a friend. Uh, they would only speak a certain language in a room in their house. In the kitchen, they would only speak one language. And like she told a funny story about them getting into like kind of an argument, her and her husband. And but she couldn't remember the words, so she'd keep having to step into the dining room <laughs> to yell something, and then like pop back in the kitchen and continue it in whatever language they were speaking. So um. it was kind of funny. But so a lot of homeschoolers tend to start with Latin as a foreign language. And um, even though it's considered a dead language, 50% of all English words are derived from Latin, along with 80 to 90% of all polysyllabic words. So and that can also be helpful if you're going to choose a career field like uh, law or medicine or science, music, theology, philosophy, art and literature. Really, it's kind of in everything. So we really liked, uh, there was a series of books by Linney, William Linney, and uh, they're great little 10 or 15 minute lesson books. Uh, We started with getting started with Latin. It's beginning Latin for homeschoolers. But uh, we also moved on to his French book. I have his Spanish book. Uh, When I went online, I saw he also has a German one now. So I I could probably get that. Those are so good. I I don't know if they have my chicken is dead (laughs) in that one, but... Usborn also has a really great first 100 words in French and Spanish that we've used over the years. Yeah, they're like little sticker books. The kids loved those. Right. And we will include some of the links and ideas and everything that we're talking about on our show notes on our website. So be sure to check that out after you listen. We would love it if you would take a second to go out there and like and rate us. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are on all those streaming platforms. So go out and check us out. Give us a thumbs up. Okay, moving on. Our next question is from the Rebolt family. So they have three little ones and they're having a bit of a disagreement over what constitutes art for young children. Tony wants them turning out lots of projects while Sarah wonders if just exposing them to great artists is art enough. So how to approach art with young children? Well, I remember the time as a young homeschool mom, I asked some of my friends like where to find art ideas, you know, the hand print turkeys and you know, feet reindeer that we made in school. And a friend turned me on to Susan Stryker. She's the author of a series of books called the Anti-Coloring Books. And she has a book called Young at Art. And she just changed my life. There's a huge difference between craft projects and actual art. And things like coloring between the lines are not art. It's not really a necessary skill. What we want to do is encourage creativity. 
Exactly. That's so true. It's important to remember that it's about the process, not the product. Letting kids experience different mediums and methods is a great way to teach art. And it does not have to be super structured. Having a dedicated art space in your house, maybe a corner or table or shelf with a variety of supplies accessible will attract young artists. Oftentimes we would have just a big bucket of paper and crayons and literally we had cuts of paper for years all over the house. I still do. Yeah. (laughs) We liked a lot of programs that we used and incorporated. I taught for several groups over the years and we would sometimes follow a video based lesson and then I would just guide the kids through the process of creating whatever many times it was based on a certain artist. And then we would replicate something like I remember when we did a big Pollock one and we went out. That was that oh, one was done outside. Yeah, we did do that here. Yeah. And we I created a spinner and the kids created like a spinning art area. Just yeah. So, yeah. That was really it fun. It was very messy, but it was awesome. <laughs> we like many programs that introduce the artist or style and just let them create something with those mediums. We did oil, pastels, watercolor and anything in that style. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, this book in our preschool episode, but it's one that I still have on my shelf because it's full of like awesome recipes for different kinds of clays or doughs or paints, but it's Preschool Art by Mary Ann Cole. You should put that on the website. So I will. Can I'll link that. it. Great. So it's never too early to expose kids to great art and artists. Visit local museums, follow local art studios or exhibition places. We are so lucky to have so many great museums here in the Dallas area. We have an art museum that is totally free to the public. We also have the incredible Nasher Museum, which is a sculpture museum. And a lot of these have homeschool days or once a month or twice a month homeschool days where it's free. And the docent will guide the students through different exhibits and sometimes even replicate some of the art that they see. Many museums will also have uh, regular classes for a small fee and sometimes just even for homeschoolers. Yeah. So I make artist study really simple in my house. I like to grab art calendars when they're on clearance at the end of the year and I just cut out all those high quality prints. Have to frame. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a cheap and easy. It's my hot tip. Uh, and so we'll do that when we're studying a particular artist. And I got these really cute magnetic frames from Amazon that you like they open from the front. You don't have to take them off the wall. And so I can switch out pictures like often. So I, I usually do that weekly or or when I remember. Yeah, I actually hang these in the bathroom. I've seen that. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised how much learning happens with a captive toilet audience. <laughs> Didn't you post that on our Facebook? Oh, I probably did. Yeah, it's like one of my uh, yeah one of my great homeschool hints. <laughs> it's really fun. Right. So just a reminder that this is a weekly episode. We drop one every Thursday morning just for you. And if you have any additional ideas or comments, come to our Facebook page and you can comment on the episode thread or send us an email at info at btdthomeschool.com. We'd love to hear from you. So moving on, our last question was not a write-in, but um, I saw it posed on a message board recently and I just thought it was really interesting. So the question is... If you could choose to spend money on just one extracurricular, which one do you think would be the most important? Well, first, I wanted to say that it is totally possible to homeschool without spending a lot of money or really any money on extracurricular activities. 
And we're going to be discussing that on our next episode, which will be homeschooling on a budget, which is kind of perfect for kicking off the new year. But if you do have the money to spend and feel that it's important, what would you choose? Well, it's a really interesting question. Uh, as you can imagine, responses were varied and it got a little heated. <laughs> it uh, did. <laughs> well, there are people who place different values on certain things. Uh, sports is a good example and others who may solely focus on academics and college prep. And there's really no right or wrong answer to this question, and it's going to vary per family. But I did want to say the first thing that really comes to my mind if I had extra money would be to travel more. Um, Oh, that's good. I'm a single mom, and so I'm on a really strict budget, and a lot of our friends take a lot of vacations and go to a lot of really great destinations that I just can't afford But I try to supplement with things like museum trips. And there's a lot of really great resources online to kind of virtually go places. But that's one thing that I would definitely uh, put more money into. Just those experiences, not just to experience and learn about places that you visit, but also to just enjoy that time with family, just being more hands-on. Yeah, that's a, that's a, such a great answer. I love that. And you remember travel and those experiences so much. Right. And I have a friend who even like took very little kids on trips. And I remember uh, this was when I also had little kids, so I didn't totally get this. But I was like, gosh, why, you know, why would you take this like European trip with, you know, this baby that won't remember it? And she's like, you know, they don't need to remember all the places that we went, but I want them to remember that we were a family that always had a fun time together. Right. And I thought that was beautiful. Well, I think even young kids do see different areas and just how people interact and places vary so widely. Yeah. And I think it's really good to get that full world exposure to your kids. Oh, absolutely. So I also have a friend who makes it a graduation requirement in her home that all of her students take a martial art, a musical instrument, and they do a fine art or sport. And uh, she just feels like that makes uh, for a more well-rounded student. And it's a non-negotiable in her house. But all of, you know, dedication, commitment, teamwork, uh, learning from another person, these are all benefits to doing extracurricular activities. Right, for sure. Well, we've done a variety of sports, music, and other fine arts, uh, probably everything. Us too. Yeah, I would say the most important one is the one that your child wants to do. There are things that look good on a college application and things that can open a door to scholarships or other opportunities, but ultimately it's up to your child. So follow their passions. Sometimes we hop from sport to sport or extracurricular to extracurricular, sometimes kind of fast because, you know, isn't that what childhood is about? It's about exploring new things and open up your horizons to new ideas. Yeah. And so sometimes, yeah, I mentioned it in a previous episode that my son was really into fencing, but it was really only a short time. And he did that and he kind of checked that box and he was ready to move on. And I think that us as adults sometimes get really locked in on really excelling in one thing. But, you know, that's awesome. And some kids really do that well. But Ultimately, I think the average child is all about exploring new things and having exposure to a variety of things. So I would think variety is kind of the key to extracurricular. Oh, for sure. And we've mentioned before that it's almost kind of one of the downsides to homeschooling is we have 
you know, so much more free time because school doesn't take so long that right. we, we are able to open up to like lots and lots of activities. So you, you do have to watch it that it doesn't get out of hand and that you don't have time for school. But I do think that you should just really be willing to try a lot of different things. Um, it, it just really is, you know, a great opportunity to grow. And right. but we did have a rule that your passion couldn't change until we were done paying for that eight week session. <laughs> <laughs> It's that's, okay to try a, a lot one. of things, but you it's also okay to set boundaries about how long you need to commit to something before you give it up. Right. I think that's a good rule to have. Uh, sometimes, sometimes our kids can be really ambitious with all the things that they want to do. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we got, <laughs> we, we got to dial that back sometimes. Yeah. Or sometimes <laughs> we have to push the child, too. You, you said on a previous episode that you kind of had a, a no child, that whenever you suggested something, it was a no. Right, right. I have one that's like yes to everything, and then the other one is no to everything. But once we make her try it, she loves it. So, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you definitely have to do things like that. Or we had like a three-time rule, too. Like you have to try something three times before you decide that you hate it. Right. Because sometimes on the second one, that's, you know, where you meet a bunch of people that weren't there the first time and that becomes your best friend or right. you know they, it can be a totally different dynamic right exactly so that's all our questions for today we loved hearing from you so please just keep them coming we yeah. may end up doing another q a and also might inspire us to do a whole episode on something that might be of interest to you yes please I think that was a great way to finish out the year. It sure was. It sure was. We have New Year's coming up and we'll be ready to start a whole new year of podcasting. Right. I need to really get back on that budget, which is why we're going to kick off the new year with homeschooling on a budget and whether you can afford it and what you need to buy whenever you're homeschooling. So oh, yeah, lots of tips and tricks there for making homeschooling affordable. Right. We have a lot of really great episodes coming up. We oh. do. And included in some of those episodes coming up in 2023, we are going to be kicking off our high school series, which is going to be dropping an episode once a month. And we are going to be discussing Things like core subjects, transcripts, applying to colleges, extracurricular, and volunteering. We're going to be talking about driver's ed, social life, dating, first jobs, entrepreneurship. We have a lot of things we're going to be covering on this entire series, and it's going to be great. And it's going to just walk you through the entire four years of planning all the way through graduation and beyond. So stay tuned for that. Our first in the high school series is going to be dropping on January 12th, so stay tuned. Also, one more thing, don't forget to go out to our website and download our PDF freebie. It is a really awesome 2022 year in review sheet for your children. I guess you can use it too for yourself, but it's basically a year of reflection for them to look and kind of consider and reflect on their 2022 highlights and all of the things that they want to learn and get better at in 2023. It's something I've done. It's been a tradition every single year with my children, and I always love to have them fill it out. And then when they complete the form, I bring out the previous year, and they always are so amazed at how much that they have grown. I'm always so surprised at some of the things that have changed in just 12 months, and I always love to look at that and reflect, and it's a really good way to let your children kind of see where they've gone, where they're heading to, and 
you know, the big picture. So even if you haven't done this and you have older children, go out to our website, download it. It's free and enjoy starting a new tradition with your family. Okay. So do you have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, stop eating cookies every <laughs> well, day, okay, all so day. What about 75 hard? Are we going to do another we one? We are. We're going to start January 2nd or 1st because I th- I've already calculated and it makes me end on St. Patrick's Day. 75 days of commitment. Yes. You ready to do it again? We're doing it. Wait, on the 1st? Well, that would be on Sunday. Yeah, maybe the 2nd because we do have to recover from our New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a... It's going to be a little bit of a busy night. It is. Yeah. It's going to be fun, though. Okay. So Monday, January yeah. 2nd. We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. So we're going to buckle down and get back on a budget. And we're we are. going to start eating well. Yes. We're going to get on a money budget and a food budget. We're going to do all the things. <laughs> join us. Anybody want to join 75 Hard with us? Come on. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> all right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.